Hello, Mammoth. This is Matthew Lehman of Matthew Lehman Real Estate, and I want to thank you all for joining us today in our real estate podcast in layman's terms. Uh, due to the current circumstances revolving around this coronavirus and the resulting shutdowns of businesses in Mammoth Lakes, I received a great deal of calls from people just really wanting to know uh, what's going on in town and what they thought you know, the impacts might be of this shutdown in town. Uh, so today, our topic is going to be the coronavirus and impacts on the Mammoth Lakes real estate market. So with me today is Ashley. Uh, Ashley works with me. She's my partner in crime, and she's also my co-host. So Ashley, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm currently hiding downstairs in my house because like a lot of other people, I have uh, my kid home now. So this is the uh, new new way of working, working from home with kids and, you know, sometimes uh, spouses and everybody, everybody at home <laughs> together. <laughs> well, I, at least you're getting used to the quarantine. So I'm sure working on a podcast in your rooms, uh, not going to be a strange thing anymore. So, well, uh, let's go ahead and I guess jump right in and start talking about, cause there's a lot of stuff to, to cover today. Um, I mean, I'm sure like you, uh, I've been hearing all types of things around town about what's going on. And you and I both uh, pulled up a number of different articles uh, really relating to what's going on in other communities uh, as well as ours to, to try to get an idea of what other folks are doing just so we can try to find out how to handle uh, some of the issues that are tackling us today. So um, I know one of them that, that uh, you and I discussed earlier was uh, an article uh I believe it was in the LA Times, and I don't know if you wanted to talk about that a little bit. It dealt with the renter, renter and landlord yeah. assistance. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, I uh, I found I found this article that I think is, um, you know, obviously it's on it's on a lot of people's discussions um, on social media, and I've uh, talked to friends and um, other people in our town, and I think it's just kind of a widespread question is what what's everybody expected to do about um, paying rent and paying mortgages and um, how that's going to affect everybody given how many people are out of work um, you know more than a million Californians have applied for unemployment assistance uh, so because of the coronavirus so you know without work how how's everybody supposed to maintain their housing um, so this LA Times article um, goes into uh, kind of breaking down, first of all, about evictions, and then also, really importantly, um, you know, how to pay, when to pay, and how that's supposed to affect landlords. So start off, it says, um, all renters in the state are entitled to a delay of an eviction through May 31st if they can't pay rent because of financial or medical circumstances caused by the coronavirus. Um, and it goes on to say tenants have to notify their landlords in writing no later than seven days after their rent is due if they're unable to pay. Um, now, because it is in effect through May 31st, that does mean that come June 1st, um, you know, this isn't forgiving the rent. This is saying, okay, we'll delay your rent being due. So come June 1st, 
these same tenants are still going to be um, vulnerable to eviction if they can't pay rent yeah. for April and May and June 1st. You know, this isn't rent forgiveness. This is just delaying the debt and kind of goes the same. The article goes on to talk about, um, you know, on the landlord side of things, um, Governor Newsom announced that, you uh, you know, four of the nation's largest banks, Wells Fargo, U.S. Bank, Citibank, and J.P. Morgan, um, as well as uh, a whole bunch of state chartered banks and credit unions, are going to allow um, affected landlords and homeowners in California to defer payments for at least three months. Um, And that the late payments are not going to be reported to credit agencies. But if they accept this relief, they can't evict their tenants but still again this is not debt forgiveness right Right. so it's going to still we could still see this massive impact it's just delayed where sure this month we won't have a bunch of people going into foreclosure or being evicted out of their homes but we're really just adding up this large debt that uh, three months from now, everyone's supposed to come up with all this money. And if we're still out of work, depending on how long this goes on for, um, people aren't exactly pocketing this money, saving it up to be able to pay this debt off. Right. So by month four, you know, if people uh, decide not to pay their rent or even their mortgage for a few months, come month four, they're going to have three, four months worth of past due bills, which could be, I mean, if they couldn't afford it uh, the first three months, it's, it leaves a question. Will they, how will they be able to afford all of it on month four? And granted, Absolutely. a lot of that has to do with, I know they're trying to just give some deferral to allow, uh, for example, in, in case of a lot of businesses, they're, they're trying to just wait for this SBA money to come in and whatnot. So the relief, the $2 trillion that the federal government's giving in relief money, I know a lot of it's just trying to allow that to pass through the system. But you gotta, we got to figure out what the impacts are of that in the meantime. So. I mean, from a tenant's perspective, I mean, obviously, this is pretty helpful. It's actually very some some delay. And but I also wonder, you know, uh, I I look at it from the landlord's perspective. And it seems like, you know, historically, people have always thought, well, landlords are, you know, they can afford it, they own the property, and, you know, they must be wealthy if they have it. But I think, you know, you and I working in the real estate business, or even people that are out there that are investors, they understand, sure, I own a piece of property and may have taken me 20 years to save up money to buy it, or I'm just mortgaged out to the hilt. So while they may own the property, you know, they debt too. So it really poses that question, even what you said, you know, maybe we get some relief from the banks, but what happens with, let's say, utilities or the expenses to maintain the property or... Um, sure, HOA dues. I know I've seen that discussed a lot in our, in Mammoth in particular, Um you know, we have really high HOA dues on a lot of these condos. And um, I've, I have seen it mentioned multiple times that, uh, you know, it's great if they get a relief from their mortgage, but what if you own a condo that you're used to renting out and you have these incredibly high HOA dues that you're not getting any help with? Right. Yeah. It's just, uh, so I think it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting time. I mean, it's really, it's really interesting to see what so, and I, well, and I think you, uh, I think one of the, you know, what, what some places are doing, and we found a few different articles on this of, um, you know, this, this 
LA Times article kind of covers what the state and federal assistance and programs are and, you know, the moratorium on evictions temporarily and, uh, you know, all of that sort of stuff that, that may just end up with, you know, the same problem and maybe much worse a few months from now. But you and I both found some really interesting articles on different townships and cities that are working to, instead of just <clears throat> delaying the problem, they're working to solve the problem now. I think yeah. you found that article in Snowbrains. Yeah, the, there was the uh, article in Snowbrains, which is kind of a, uh, for, for people that aren't familiar with it, it's a, it's a publication that really relates to ski towns, resorts, towns. And that's, I, I like to follow what's happening in other resorts. And in this particular article, um, I looked up in the town of Breckenridge and, you know, they're, they're looking to spend a million dollars to help out their local residents. So um, I, I found that to be pretty interesting. You know, I've myself and, uh, you know, I used to sit on the city council and uh, for a time was the mayor up here. So I have some interest and I tend to follow a lot of the politics up here. But what I found to be interesting was, you know, that this town in particular is taking a proactive approach to trying to help the residents. Um, to give you an example, last night uh, we had a town council meeting up here and they broached this idea just briefly. But I was very disappointed, I have to, I have to say, in our, in our council. Uh, two, we had two members that seemed to be interested in trying to discuss this, but we had one in particular uh, council member. He just blasted the idea of trying to help out the residents um, and said, you know, a lot of them are just leaving town anyway. Uh, what's the point? We're just uh, basically kicking the can down the road and we're going to waste all this money. But, uh, you know, I know when talking to a lot of business people, they thought, you know, the appropriate approach would be to try to keep them here until some of this relief money comes in and they can start hiring them and at least paying them uh, versus having them sit on employment or something of that nature. So, um, I, again, I was very disappointed in, in what the, this town council up here in Mammoth was doing, but hopefully revisit it and see if they can get the appropriate number of votes to uh, try to get some assistance on this. Yeah, I mean, I think you make a really, uh, you know, really good point as far as when we look at timeframes of, you know, well, how long are we supposed to sustain people and, and you know, to what end? And um, a lot of people in our town, I know, and probably nationwide have applied um, for this unemployment, but they have to wait, you know, two, three weeks. In addition to that, that stimulus check, you know, the $1,200. Right her person that's coming out is going to take three weeks. So uh, we do have federal relief coming in for some of our unemployed workers and our workforce. Um, and maybe if the town supports the renters for even for a month, you know, then the renters, the, the tenants get to pay rent. So the landlords get to pay their mortgages. So it does move everything forward without everybody just racking up those those debt numbers yeah um and then maybe a month from now some of this federal money is coming in and then hopefully that can sustain us until you know we inevitably get back i mean you and i have talked about how mammoth's seen uh we've seen some pretty catastrophic events yeah. <laughs> over the yeah, years in this town and you know mammoth mammoth keeps coming back you know we come back we're strong we get stronger 
Um, well, I always and, like to say we've been forged my... in fire, you know, and just like the mountains up <laughs> here and everything else, you know, it was all created through catastrophic events. But at the end of the day, it, it resulted in something beautiful. And I think that, uh, you know, we have to understand, yeah, we've got we've got something challenging coming. But what uh, what I would like to see, you know, is our town, you know, we're, we're a town that's, uh, you know, the revenue in our community is about 70 percent driven by trans occupancy tax and for people that aren't familiar with that that's the tax that we get from renting out properties on a nightly basis well mammoth lakes and the rest of california um basically has a ban right now up until may 31st as of last night uh, nightly rentals are prohibited until may 31st so that means the wow. town of mammoth lakes will not have effectively any income coming in until that time. And even then, I mean, we're, we're going to be in one of our slower parts of our season. So there's some concern there. And I think for our employees and for our workforce, you know, we, we, we've had the, a little bit of money that we do have coming in from that, you know, we've got about $3 million or so of that goes to marketing from one fund. And then of course the business community pays for about another $5 million for marketing. So we have a huge marketing budget and uh, uh, coupled with that, I would like to see the town take steps to look at those funds and pull them away because marketing's not an essential need where our workers are. And, uh, you know, there's some of these other sure, huge projects that are out there, for example, that, you know, they need to put on hold, like moving the airport to Bishop or building a multi-use facility. These are things that I think need to be tabled for now or even scrapped uh, and really focus on probably the next 12 months. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, the the majority of the marketing that's been put out has just been telling people to stay home, right? So um, we probably, probably, hopefully have some of that money towards better purposes at the moment. Yeah, no, I think so. I think there's a way. I just, uh, again, I'd like to see our, our council take a more proactive approach on how we can resolve it because without our workers and the businesses and all the other, you know, real estate uh, related items up here, they're going to suffer. And it's, uh, I think the longer we wait, the, the worse it can get. So hopefully we can act sooner than later. You know, uh, there's another, uh, another article, uh, we talked about was, uh, one that related, and it was up in Vail and, uh, Robert Katz, the CEO of Vail Resorts, you know, they're doing a lot of like what Mammoth Mountain Ski Area is. And for people that aren't familiar with Mammoth, you know, Mammoth is the, you know, Mammoth Mountain Ski Area is our partner, and they are you know, one of the foundations here of why people come up here. And, uh, you know, when I look at Vail and what they're doing, I wonder if Mammoth's not going to follow suit on a few things. And one of the big things that they had announced was furloughing uh, nearly all of their hourly employees in the United States and um, potentially even canceling operations in North America and possibly winter in Australia coming up. So that's a little concerning wow. to wonder yeah. if we're going to follow suit. And I don't yeah. know, you know, can you imagine what that's going to be like if we have to? Yeah, I mean, we do. And, and a lot of people, uh, even people that love coming up here in the, in to Mammoth in the winter, don't realize what a huge business we do up here during the summer. So, of course, you know, like you said, with now nightly rentals prohibited through the end of May, um, not not too long ago, it was everyone was saying, OK, well, we'll we'll survive April 
you know, prohibition through April and then May 1st, it's party on, you know, and uh, well, now already it's moved to the end of in the end of May. And we're going to start cutting into uh, our summer mountain biking season um, and a lot of other uh, additional revenue and other events, um, you know, that as this creeps on here. Um, you know, are these, are these other, is Vail Resorts calling it too early or are they just giving everyone a heads up now that, you know, we don't, don't count on your summer operations? Well, I know that they said that they had, they were already losing about 180 to $200 million just through the early closure of winter operations. So I can only imagine how that's going to relay if they decide to go into summer too. I mean, you know, I don't want to, obviously I hope the amount opens and I hope they're able to. Uh, but if they were not to, I mean, yeah, we would we would be talking about potentially closing up, uh, you know, uh, mountain biking, golf, um, and a lot of other things up here. And you know, the the, the concern I have if we end up closing down or even extending into summer is that, you know, a lot of our a lot of our tourism up here in Mammoth is from Europe, and those folks don't just run up here, you know, on a weekend from Los Angeles like like a few of our planted out six months so you know if we don't get something up and running soon and have some sort of uh certainty then how's that going to cut into our winter season next year too so but you know it's 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 just such an unknown right now and i think that's what everybody's worried about but like you said you know we've we've been through earthquakes we've been through you know fires we've had up here in the summer we've had droughts but you know what we do always come back stronger and uh i know the business community up here we got some very very bright people uh, some really hardworking people in the workforce. Absolutely. And I know once they flip that switch and we're able to get back to work, um, it'll be something that uh, uh, sink our teeth into. And I'm sure people are going to be ready to jump out of the house and get back to work. Yes, yes. And back to work and back to uh, planning. I mean, obviously, you and I are, um, you know, we're, we're, both in the real estate business, which right now is, um, you know, is certainly taking, taking a step back, uh, depending on the area, it's taking a, a large step back with people out of work. And, um, and also, I mean, we, we have a ton of our business up in Mammoth for real estate is based on second homeowners and people being able to come up here and look at property every weekend. Mm-hmm. And we've asked them all to stay home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, but I think um, it, it that's kind of a twofold. And and one of the one of the things that I've been trying to stay up on. And um, I was just reading another article this morning um, from the OC register, um, which, of course, the Orange County register is is, you know, not not local to us, but are kind of our people. Orange County, Los Angeles, San Diego, those are those are a lot of our second homeowners. Our market seems to be tied in with them pretty securely. And um, and they made a good point that, you know, with everybody being uh, being kind of scared right now, not only about, you know, the virus itself and getting sick, but also with the economy um, that, uh, you know, over the weekend, uh, real estate agents were classified as essential, uh, essential work. We are. And, essential. and <laughs> I mean, I, 
I think my five-year-old thinks I'm essential, but it's nice to know, you know, the, the greater the greater public thinks we're essential. Um, but you know, I mean, I guess uh, part of what that article was talking about, which I think is is important, is that uh, that doesn't mean we're back to business as usual, but it also doesn't mean we have to shut down completely. I mean, if finding that that healthy combo of how we can still help people. We may see a lot of uh, homes and condos come on the market here, depending on, you know, this does kind of tie into our discussion about landlords and homeowners being able to pay for their second homes up here. And what happened when that becomes, you know, when the purse strings get tightened, that becomes unrealistic you know, someone, someone's going to want to sell and someone else might want to buy. And, and here we are in the middle. Um, well, it was one thing I hadn't thought of, you know, in talking to uh, one of uh, my, my primary go-to lenders, you know, I asked her how things are going and she said, well, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I've got 35 loans on my desk, but I have fear that a lot of them are going to get canceled because, you know, the lenders right now are, really looking to the employment of those various individuals applying for loans. And, you know, in some cases, not all, but they may be finding that they they're unemployed in which case the lender's not going to loan to them. So I know she's lost a couple loans to that. Uh, fortunately, not as many as I thought. Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, the lenders will find a way to lend around that if the fed's going to back them or whatever, that's going to happen. But with, with the new listings you were talking about, you know, if you were to list someone's house today, I mean, how would you envision moving forward or how would you, what would you be telling a, a prospective seller, you know, how you're going to list their home? Being that it's a very different world now. It is. It's very different. So I think, um, you know, the, the grace, the, the saving grace that we have right now is that already um, virtual home shopping you know, in the last few years has become a bigger and bigger deal. Um, you know, most of, I work with a lot of buyers, most of the buyers I talk to, they've been searching online for two years, you know, researching homes and stuff. And they finally come to me, they've practically picked out their house online already, you know? So this is, that's, that's a great thing for sellers because that means that with all of our new technological tricks, um, you know, we can really kind of present the best view possible. I was just talking with um, our marketing, uh, our marketing team that helps us put out all of our professional um, videos and uh, photography, and they're sending up some 3D virtual tour uh, equipment, and and that's what I have some um, sellers right now that we're planning on listing later this spring when everything greens up around here. Um, and, you know, I was telling them, this is, this is what I think, uh, first of all, you know, sellers, it's, it's your house, you make your rules. If you are okay with having some showings, you know, keep it to just pre-qualified people. I think that's huge right now for buyers and sellers get pre-qualified. Cause like you said, um, you know, the lenders are going to be stretched a little thin if people aren't making all of their payments. They're going to be really, really careful. I mean, they have been since the mortgage meltdown, right? Yeah. So the one thing, right. the one thing that I think makes this really different from the last major real estate crisis 
is that we don't have a bunch of unqualified people owning homes right now. Well, I think um, we're fortunate that we're, you know, going going into this virus situation. I mean, we actually had a strong economy, and I think yes. that's beneficial. I mean, I couldn't imagine what was hap- what would happen if this was going on uh, during a time when, uh, you know, the world's at um, – you know, in an economic crisis to add to it, you know, so it'd make, it'd make sure. recovery all the more difficult. And, you know, I think back during, uh, you know, the 1918, you know, the Spanish flu pandemics going on and, you know, we say 30 to 50 million people died during that. And this is during a world war. So <laughs> I, I yeah. just couldn't yeah. fathom it. So I guess in some senses we're fortunate. Um, and sure. that's, that's probably a little bit of a silver lining we get to look at. And, uh, Sure. You know, I was uh, fortunate, I I guess, living in Mammoth. You know, you mentioned a lot of the virtual tour stuff. Living here in Mammoth, we, you know, we're fortunate in the sense that when people are buying up here, they've always been looking at things virtually, like you mentioned. Uh, They they look at video online. I think that's why to always use professional photography. We always use professional video because... You know, most people, they're like, as, as you stated earlier, they're, they've pretty much bought their home before they even come up here. They just want to verify that the pictures were accurate. Yeah, and, yeah, uh... <laughs> absolutely. You know, and I think um, so I think I think that's huge. I think for sellers, make sure that you're with um, that you have a realtor who's going to put together an even more intense virtual package than maybe you would have requested before just to cut down on you know, that way, hopefully, yeah, that, that person, that showing that you have come in to your home, um, well, that's okay. It's, they're the ones buying it, you know? So then, so then you're, you're good to go. So pre-qualified buyers is huge. Making sure you have all your virtual marketing is huge. Um, I've seen, um, some sellers already starting to, uh, identify certain days and certain times they'll allow showings really so that they know, they can, you know, by 4 p.m. on Tuesday, they've had all their showings that day or for the week, and then they can go in and really disinfect. They're not constantly disinfecting, right? They're having people pop in and pop out. I mean, up until we were, um, up until the real estate agents made this essential list last weekend, uh, the California Association of Realtors had actually told everybody you know stop stop with the face-to-face showings you know don't don't do all that and I actually have today um later this afternoon I'm gonna go do a virtual showing you know FaceTime's great you can still do still do that still do virtual showings walk through on FaceTime walk through a home and you know your buyer can ask questions uh, about you know zoom in on certain things it's it's still very very doable. Um, you know, I think buyers need to have gloves. Um, I showed property uh, this last Sunday and the seller required gloves and masks and take your shoes off. And, you know, I think that's, I think that's perfectly within your right. It, this, this whole thing is very scary and it's legitimate to be scared, but you don't have to freeze and stop. You can just proceed with you know, appropriate yeah, caution. Well, I agree. Well, as scary as it is, you know, I, I still have an optimistic outlook. I'm hoping that, 
I'm hoping that this is over and we can really start, you know, uh, all the business community and all the people, the tenants and everybody, all the workers up here will just put a huge effort into uh, letting everybody know we're open for business when time is right. And, you know, obviously social media is the way to do it. And our summers are not dependent on snow. So that's great. And, uh, you know, as long as people get over the fear of being in public crowds, you know, we're going to have a lot of music events up here. I'm, we're hoping this summer. And those are all put on by different private individuals. So um, I, I suppose there's a, there's some positives out there for that. And, uh, you know, if uh, prices do correct, then, you know, I suppose that'll present an opportunity for those people that are looking to buy something that maybe missed the boat previously. Absolutely. I mean, I got to say for my buyers right now that are still in a position to purchase, we've, I've had a discussion with all of them that um, there is less competition right now, which means that you really can find that home you've been searching for. And like right now, normally in Bishop, there's, you know, if you don't put an offer in on a new listing in the first 12 hours, you've missed the boat. But right now we have a little bit more time to, to think, to search, to really vet out, you have 24 vet out hours properties. Now? And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're up 36 to 36. Oh, it's right. amazing. We got, yeah, you got a day and a half to get get that thing sold. Yeah, all right. Well, you see, these are seriously <laughs> slowing down in Bishop, I hear, because of that. If you got to wait a day and a half to buy yes, a property, yes. so. You, you get you get to spend a whole 24 to 36 hours thinking before you have to put uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars might, down. You might even get to see uh, the but home. Yeah, you know, I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> you might, you maybe. Yeah, no, I think I, I think you're right. I mean, um, not to take advantage of the situation, but at the same time, I think it is going to be a really great time to buy uh, here. If you're if you're in a position to do so, there will be some people that still need to sell. And if you're still in a position to buy, this could be this could be a good time because I, I'm with you on the positivity side. I think once we do get past this, I think there's going to be a pretty incredible bounce back. Um, people are going to want to get back to work. People are going to want to get out of the house. Um, you know, our second need homeowners. need a second home from their family, maybe. That... You know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> yeah. 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 I... You know, I mean, I think, I think it's uh, Green Fox Events. Little shout out to Green Fox Events up here. Um, awesome company up here in Mammoth. They just did a post yesterday saying that they are planning um, and will be sponsoring uh, a Mammoth Lakes getting back to normal party. Oh, that's nice. Whenever this all gets over, it's going to be, you know, like a big block party, uh, something in the park, maybe with a big tent, just something to really celebrate that we made it and we're back and everything's back to normal. And I think that really, I think that is a sentiment that is felt by a lot of people. We're, we're gonna, we're going to be okay. We're going to make it through. And when we do, the minute someone gives us the all clear, I think we're going to be ready, ready to, to, roll. Ready to, to roll. bounce back and, and well, enjoy the Well, you know, to your yeah. point on uh, yeah. another uh, positive attribute, if people are ready to buy or able to buy, um, God, the interest rates are so low right now. I mean, they're just as low as they've ever been and potentially going to go lower. And I think uh, for those that are willing and able to buy, I mean, even if they think prices are high, God, you just, if you're going to get into it for the long term, 
I mean, get into it for the interest rate, if nothing else. So, well, Ashley, I, uh, Absolutely. you know, I, I did want to cover one more topic. And I think I just wanted to say, uh, you know, I've talked to some of the business people in the village at Mammoth. I know that the entire village is shut down right now and they're trying to negotiate with their landlord. And I hope uh, them and all the other businesses get up and running. You know, I talked to uh, Michael Raimondo, who is the owner of the old New York Deli. Uh, great business over there. I eat there pretty much every morning. But I know he's he and well, he's been <laughs> in with our our council members and trying to get them to take some proactive uh, steps on uh, working with uh, landlords and tenants uh, to get some things resolved. So I want to say I appreciate what he's doing as well. But um, that said, I want to say thank you for uh, being on the show, and obviously we'll do it again. And um, I want to tell everybody that's listening, don't forget to sign up for our podcast. And if you have any questions for me or Ashley, just uh, you can email me at Matthew at homesmammoth.com or you can email Ashley at Ashley at homesmammoth.com. And uh, with that, um, I want to just say thank you again and get ready to hear our next episode, which is going to be on nightly rentals. So. Um.